that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Kids, welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com. Nathan Baird, Stephen Means along in a moment. We're wrapping it up. This is our last position preview podcast. And it's a doubleheader because we've talked about these guys so much before. It's the running backs and the quarterbacks together. So we're going to run through Trey Sermon, Marcus Crowley, Master Teague, Justin Fields, Jack Miller, CJ Stroud. We've done a lot on these fellas over the last three months. And you guys know that. We're not breaking a ton of new ground here, which is fine. But we've gone through everything else. So we appreciate you hanging in, and now we're going to move on to some other things in the podcast. Just want to let you know, if you want to be a tech subscriber, 614-350-3315. What have we done this week? And I'm recording this Monday night to get this ready for Tuesday morning. We have sent out two more than 40 writers around the Big Ten. The official Cleveland.com preseason Big Ten poll, now in its 10th season. When the Big Ten dropped the ball, not dropped the ball, they put the ball on the ground and gave up and went home. Because they got scared. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We give participation trophies in the Big Ten. And they stopped doing preseason predictions. Every other conference in the world. When you send in your credential for media days for that conference, they give you a ballot. A lot of teams, some conferences do preseason all-conference teams. The Big Ten does a watch list. It's so silly. So we, and I love talking about it, and I've had Big Ten people talk to me about the fact that I love talking about it, but you know why I love talking about it? Because on Buckeye Talk and at Cleveland.com, we keep it 100% real. We're not afraid of hurting people's feelings. So what we do, and since the Big Ten doesn't have anything, we have no way to have a preseason favorite. You might look at a magazine or whatever, but everybody else, the official preseason team that's, that's officially picked to win the conference is done so by the conference. The Big Ten hasn't had that now for a decade we have stepped into the breach now in its 10th year we sent out those ballots monday night nathan baird actually sent them out i gathered up the info nathan has taken the lead on it so he can tabulate so we're going to do that we're going to have that with the writers hopefully by the end of the week we said everybody get your votes in by thursday so we hope to get that out publicly friday and then you know cleveland.com gets even you know more love than usual because that'll be up. The Cleveland.com officially unofficial preseason Big Ten poll. And we have to do that because we have to get it on the record. And we told the voters, just vote on football. Don't vote on who you think is going to fight COVID. Don't vote on what kind of schedule you think could be messed up. We need to get on the record for the history books what the prediction was. So that if we do or don't have a season or the season's messed up or it's blown apart, we'll be able to say, well, you know, that year... Ohio State and Minnesota were picked to win the divisions, and then they didn't play football. But if you don't have the vote, you can't say the thing. And we're in charge of saying the thing. And I'm repeating myself on this, but it's because I'm so proud, and I'm still so ticked at the Big Ten. God, it's stupid. So those votes went out. We're going to do the same thing with our tech subscribers. So we're going to have our tech subscribers vote in the same way we asked the writers and see how close what our tech subscribers say match up to what our... Big Ten writers say. So we're going to do that this week on the tech subscription, 614-350-3315. If you want to be part of that, you know what? Try the 14-day free trial and then bag on us. You get that. We're doing that. Did also, this week, did I sit down and finally make my 32 restaurant bracket for sit-down chain restaurants? Did I? Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. Are we going to have tech subscribers vote on that? Yeah, we are. Am I going to not seed teams so that I don't influence people with my own personal preference of chain restaurants? We are going to do that. 
I'm going to try to let the people just be free. You know, just be free to vote for Olive Garden and not be bogged down by my seating. But, I mean, if you're sitting around in July and thinking to yourself, man, I'd like to be in a chain restaurant bracket. I'd like to vote on that. Thank goodness for Cleveland.com and their tech subscription service, 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month after that, 614-350-3315. That's happening. This, that's soon. You better, I, I would probably pause this wherever you are, pause it. You're out right on the trail in the woods, right? Get off to the side so you don't get hit by a bike or by a deer or anything. Pause it. Get out. Start using those numbers. Just text to this number, 614-350-3315. Text that. I'll wait while you text it. Okay, you did it, right? Now you got a thing back from us, and now you can sign up. you got to put a credit card number in. If you don't have a credit card on you while you're running, I get it. But then do it as soon as you get home so you can do the chain restaurant bracket. What else are you doing with your life? It's a pandemic. So we're doing that, and we're going to start doing some, you know, other good stuff. And we're going to see what happens with football. So this is the last position preview breakdown, and then we got to figure out what we're doing with the podcast. But we're going to keep doing good stuff. I sent out a list to Nathan and Stephen and our boss, Dave, this week. I have so many things backlogged for if there's not a season. So many ideas for the tech subscription and for writing stories at cleveland.com slash OSU and for doing the podcast. I, I, I got five months of stuff. I'm like the squirrel stocking up for the winter. My cheeks are full. Actually, my cheeks are not full because I put them all in the tree. So at the moment, I don't have anything in my cheeks because you wouldn't be able to understand me. But the tree is full of nuts. Buckeye talk. The tree is full of nuts. So we have so many nuts in the tree that we're good for the winter. We are getting through the fall. Fine. I just would have to have some idea of what the heck is going on because Nathan and I were talking about this. You know... I'm not sure we're at a point where we, you know, we're doing a position group podcast today because we recorded this several weeks ago. And again, keep that in mind. If there's something weird that pops up, we recorded these several weeks ago because again, Stephen is on vacation this week and next. So this is the last time you'll hear his voice for a while. But, um, you know, we got to be prepared. But I don't know at this point, at some point, we have to just put them on the brakes a little bit of like, how good is 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 Harry Miller going to be at left guard if we're just trying to figure out if there's going to be a season or not, right? So we'll figure out something to talk about, but the next couple weeks just might be a little goofy. So, but let's be goofy together. Buckeye talk, let's be goofy together. I'm like jacked up. I'm jacked up for some reason. I know why. There's some people in my personal life related to my uh, people in my neighborhood who are ticking me off. So the result is that you get jacked up Doug on the podcast, which could be good, which could be bad. You guys want to get, we also only went like 35 minutes on the position group breakdowns, running backs and quarterbacks smushed together because again, there's not a lot of new ground to cover. So like, you know, I know we like to give you a healthy, a healthy amount here. So I'm not trying to stall or anything, but I know you need you need your Buckeye talk in your life. And I want to make sure, you know, at least give you 42 minutes, right? So let's do it now. Drop the review. Saw some new reviews. Excellent. Love them. Thanks so much for doing that. We really appreciate people who take time out of their day, not just to listen, but then go out of their way and drop a review so that other people might be encouraged to listen. Try the texts. Read cleveland.com slash OSU. Love you guys being part of it. We love bringing it to you. Last position group preview. Right now, Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, and the gang coming next on Buckeye Talk. Time to do the big boys, quarterbacks and running backs in our position group breakdown. And the reason we're doing these together is because we have talked about them so much. 
I'm not sure we're breaking much new ground here. We have our format that we do for all the position groups. We have a, pr a crazy prediction at the end that you have to make. So, like, well, you know, we'll give you some new stuff there. But you kind of know what we think about Trey Sermon. You kind of know what we think about Justin Fields. So this is for the record, and it'll still be interesting. But that's why, you know, arguably, in some ways, the two most important positions aren't getting their own podcast. They're getting one. So let's run through what they've got quarterback on the roster you guys even know it you got justin fields he's famous he's a junior you got gunner hoke as a senior he's old redshirt senior former kentucky transfer then you got jack miller and cj stroud as the two true freshmen four scholarship quarterbacks chris chuganoff gone from last year running back trey sermon as a transfer in from oklahoma he's a senior Demario mccall fifth year senior redshirt senior no juniors. You got Master Teague as a redshirt sophomore, Master uh, Marcus Crowley as a true sophomore, Steel Chambers as a redshirt freshman, Mayan Williams as a true freshman. Let's hit the recruiting quickly, Stephen, because everybody knows it, but boy, is it good. Yeah, uh, Evan Pryor came first, number 85 player in the country, number two all-purpose back, four-star guy. And then within 10 days, they landed the number one running back in the country in Travion Henderson, Number 16 player overall, five-star kid, joins Beanie Wells and Maurice Carlett as five stars that come to Ohio State. And the moment he committed, the conversation with all of us went from, is this going to be the number one class in the country or is this going to be one of the best, high, most highly rated recruiting classes of all time? And that starts with him, one, because of his rating, but also just the way he talks about this class and the way he talks to some of the other recruits. Yeah, they, I mean, for – team who's failed at running back recruiting for two years they sir came back and hit in a major way and Kyle McCord's good too at quarterback right yeah, yeah, yeah he's pretty good he just uh he was just initiated into the elite 11 the second straight year in Ohio future in Ohio State quarterback has been initiated into that with CJ Stroud taking home MVP honors last summer he's pretty good too you know another five-star quarterback who might come in here and win a job as a true freshman I think it's possible that Kyle McCord and Travion Henderson end up as as linked as any yeah. duo, maybe not maybe not more than like Ted Ginn Jr. and Troy Smith, who went to the same high school at Glenville and then came here and did what they did. But the idea of two five stars coming in together, possibly winning jobs as true freshmen, and basically being Ryan Day's, you know, I guess core of what Ryan Day's, you know, tenure is here. And doing what we've talked about in terms of a mini dynasty, yeah, they could be pretty linked here. Yeah. If, they, if we get three years of McCord and Henderson in 21, 22, and 23, that will be quite a thing to watch. Better this year or last year? We'll try, we decided we'll try to smush. We'll smush this as much as we can, but when anybody wants to unsmush, feel free to desmush on your own. It just sounds weird. Feel free to desmush, Buckeye talk. Nathan, we'll start with you. Better this year or last year, the backfield. And again, if you want to desmush, that's okay. But I actually think it's I think smushing, I think smushing is interesting. Buckeye talk. Nathan, go ahead. Uh, I agree that smushing is interesting, and and I'm I'm going to smush. I'm going to say better last year just because of uh, J.K. Dobbins. Stephen, can I say the same? Yes, yes. Because Justin Fields will be that much better that, yes, you lost J.K. Dobbins, but Justin Fields being what he is makes up for that enough to make it the exact same. I think it's a very good answer. I think if I had to 
if I think that Justin Fields will be 30% better than last year, Justin Fields, I think the running backs might be 40% worse. So I, I I'll go with Nathan that I'll think last year was a little better, but Steven, I think, you know, if we did D smush, I think we'd probably all say Fields, you know, quarterback better. Yeah running back worse. And so now when we are smushing, it's a matter of what percentages are we talking about? But you're almost putting saying which is more which, you know, outweighs the other. You know. And it's one of those of if you were try you're, you're trying to win a national championship, let's say let's phrase it this way. You're trying to win a national championship and you've got to pick one. Justin Fields, JK Dobbins, twenty nineteen. And you get you get the whole deal. You get the uncertainty at backup quarterback from 2019, you get the whole running back room in 2019, Master Teague is your backup, or 2020 with these four running backs, but Justin Fields in year two. You're trying to win a national championship, and you've got to take them as a group. Which one would you take? Just because I know Justin Fields is good, but I believe in J.K. Dobbins so much, I would take 2019. Yeah, me too. I might take the better Justin Fields just because he's a quarterback. And also – you know, his other weapons that you have to take into consideration when you're talking about quarterback. So that's slightly though. And I think it's a, yeah. I mean, I think that's a very reasonable answer. And like, there is a million different reasons to have extreme belief in Justin Fields. And as I'm going to end up saying multiple times in this podcast, because it's my backwards rationale for the thing that I'm most famous for. The reason that I said nine and three last year, when I said nine and three in 2019, I usually tried to couple it. I'll go. I don't. I didn't bring it up and re, for me to read, but it was like. But then wait till 2020. That that's. I didn't think it would all come together right away. But part of why of the reason I say 2019 is Justin Fields. It came together so quickly. But then it makes you realize, man, this guy gets it so quick. But whew, what could he do with the second year? But I. I I think we all thought all along, if you did have any trepidation, and some people had none, but I think everybody thought Justin Fields will be an awesome quarterback in 2020. I think that was unanimous from the minute he stepped foot on Ohio State's campus. Better in 20 or better in 2021, Stephen? <laughs> better in 2020. I think to unsmush, the running backs will probably be better, but it's a first – the quarterback outweighs all of this, and no matter who it is, whether it's five-star Kyle McCord or C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller who are on campus right now, it's a first-year starting quarterback. And so it, it can be uh, – the ceiling might be high, but the floor is just as low. So you have to go with the option that still has Justin Fields on your team. Nathan? Yeah, I'm taking Justin Fields. And even then, a a, a guy in, in Trey Sermon – who maybe doesn't have the ceiling of these guys that are coming in as freshmen, I guess Henderson specifically, at least as far as we know, but is is pretty darn good on his own over a what will presumably be a, a redshirt freshman or a true freshman starting for the first time and a potential true freshman at the top of the running back room. So let's de-smush for a second there and just do running backs. We all agree, of course, the quarterback won't be as good in 2021. And I would also say as a group, I would take 2020 over 2021. But if we de-smushed just the running back group, Nathan, what would you say between 20 and 21? I'd say 21 because even the guys who might be secondary guys on that team right now are not healthy for 2020 or they're getting healthier for 2020. So Sermon's the only one you pull out of that without knowing of any other possible attrition that could happen, which you talked about on another podcast. Um, 
but I guess I would take I would take 21 just because you're adding just you're you're taking Sermon out, but you're putting in two freshmen who look like they're pretty damn good, and you would still have Crowley and Teague a year healthier. I'm gonna keep desmushing you, and we're gonna get smaller and smaller and smaller until we're uh. deciding between like Trey Sermon's left big toe or his right big toe. Who would you take, Nathan? 2020 Trey Sermon or 2021 Travion Henderson? Ugh. I can't believe this is hard for you. I would probably take – are we just talking about the running backs or are we talking about the whole offense? Because Trey Sermon has a better offensive line in front of him. Just the running back. Just if you were building a team and you could take Trey Sermon's ability as an individual player in 2020 or Travion Henderson's individual ability as a player in 2021. One is a senior, one is a freshman. I'm taking – I'll take Henderson, but it wasn't a snap call, obviously. I, had, I, I, I think it's worth thinking about the experience and the, 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 the presence that a veteran has over a freshman, no matter how talented they are, a true freshman. Steven, what would you answer to that? I would take Travion Henderson. I'm the same guy who said that Travion Henderson can have the exact same freshman season that J.K. Dobbins had, which was – Pretty good, if uh, if I'm remembering this correctly. I'm going to take that. Yeah, Trey Sermon might have some experience, and he did some things playing in the Big 12 where they don't play defense. So I'm taking the five-star running back over, you know, the guy who has pretty much shown me what I think he's going to be. But you so, think that you think that Sermon replicating what J.K. Dobbins did as a freshman is off? No, the I think Travion Henderson can do. I don't think that's going to happen in this this season. But also just because – no, I, I don't think any running back is going to replicate what J.K. Dobbins did this season. I think that's on the No, no, no. You said as a freshman, though. So, so the that's question is, if you think Travion Henderson in 2021 could do what J.K. Dobbins did in 2017, could Trey Sermon in 2020 do what J.K. Dobbins did in 2017? I don't think so. And, okay. if, and if we did, there wouldn't be as much – you know, questions around the running back room right now. There, most people, and I don't know, I, most people are higher on Trey Sermon than, than this podcast is. I, I think 95% of the Ohio State fan base and Ohio State reporters are higher on Trey Sermon than this fan base is. Um, I am irrationally high on Travion Henderson, and I have two recruiting profiles pulled up uh, from 247 Sports right now my computer one is trey sermon's high school recruiting profile one in the class of 2017 same class as jk dobbins he was the number 12 running back he was the number 191 overall player good really good top 200 player four-star recruit who went to oklahoma and then this is where i get myself in trouble i also have pulled up a recruiting profile from the 2004 recruiting class from the number one player and number one running back in the country in 2004 who was Adrian Peterson, who ran for 1,925 yards as a true freshman at Oklahoma. Oh, you've gone down the hole for real. That's dangerous. That's not fair to do that to Trivion Henderson, but eh, it's just a podcast. I can do what I want. I'll smush and unsmush as much as I want. That's the thing, right? I mean, it's – Trey Sermon is a veteran guy who was a top 200 national recruit. But Trevion Henderson – looks like he might be as talented as like any incoming running back has ever been at Ohio state. And they, and Beanie Wells was through the roof, you know, Archie's Archie. 
Ezekiel Elliott, everybody wanted Ezekiel Elliott. But man, like, and if that's there, and again, so now we're, and it's not like every highly rated running back does what they do, does what Adrian Peterson did in year one. But I'm going to dance on that dance floor for a while. It's crazy. It's way far away. But that thinking of Trey Sermon is a senior, but he was the number 191 overall player. He's good. But the guy, when I think about 20 versus 21, the guy that I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Adrian Peterson in my head, stupidly. And maybe not even Adrian Peterson, maybe 85% of Adrian Peterson. But I'm maybe thinking about a guy that I think might come in as a true freshman and gain 1,600 yards. And so I'll take that. So, like, I'll take 21 running backs. I'll take 21 backfield. Um, no, not 21 backfield, obviously, because of Justin. But I'll take the 21 running backs without hesitation because of my unfair possible expectation of what Trevion Henderson. And then, oh, by the way, and he's not an oh, by the way, Evan Pryor is right there. Evan yeah. Pryor is really, 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 <laughs> really good. You have and, to add that into the equation. And you have to add it in because it just – it bolsters everything because it's like, well, if something goes wrong, there's an answer right there. Or it doesn't even have to go wrong. If something goes right, you don't need Travion Henderson to get 1,925 yards like Adrian Peterson because maybe Travion Henderson gets 1,200 yards and Evan Pryor gets 900 yards and they go past Adrian Peterson combined. So just so you guys know what's in my head as we continue to go through this backfield podcast with the running backs – and the quarterbacks. Biggest strength. Nathan, we'll start with you. Biggest strength as we think about quarterbacks and running backs for Ohio State in 2020. Well, fields. And they're going to be, again, they're going to be operating behind what could be the best offensive line in the country or one of them. Yeah, it's quite a combo. It's quite a combo. Steven. I don't have a better answer than that. It's fields has a dual threat quarterback with one of the best lines in the country. And the thing that I do think is I think Fields has the ability to help make the running backs better, right? Mm-hmm. That when you have that quarterback run threat, and we saw it last year with J.K., you could see it at times. They just – sometimes the defense is drawn to J.K., and it opens something for Justin. Sometimes they're drawn to Justin, and it opens something for J.K. I don't think defenses – and it, that, that's part of this. I just don't think defenses are going to be as quite quite as – geared toward the running back, which will maybe make it a little harder for Justin Fields to run in the zone read this year. And again, it's something I think we believe they'll probably lean on more in the red zone than anything else. I don't think they'll be doing it at midfield and risking hits on Justin Fields. But, you know, Trey Sermon is is quite is quite a talented running back. I just think J.K. Dobbins, his fit in the offense and everything he does, he was just a constant threat last year and it makes everybody better. So I do think Justin will help the running backs. I don't think the running backs will help Justin as much as a runner this year. Question, Stephen, biggest question. Is everybody who's important here healthy? I mean, we still don't really know what's going on with Master Teague, and we've seen some videos of Trey Sermon, and it seems like he's, you know, recovering and bounced back pretty well, but we haven't seen them with our own eyes yet, you know. Are people healthy? Yeah, it's quite a lingering thing, and it's like, this, this is legit. It's like Marcus Crowley was already hurt. He got hurt at the end of 2019. Ryan Day during spring football says, what, what, what was the phrase, Nathan? We're, we're one one player away from disaster. Yeah, literally, or? as they're in there treating Master Teague, he's saying, <laughs> we're one away from a crisis. Kind of, A little bit of a crisis, crisis, I think, is how he said it. Crisis was the word, though. Um, and literally, as he's saying that, 
somebody's in working on Master Teague. Literally, uh, he which I don't even know if he, I don't know if he knew that at the time he said that. I'm I don't sure. know if that he probably. I think he knew it. I, and basically, he was telling us without telling us. Right now, we're in a crisis. Um, I mean, he may have been at that time. They may not have known the extent of the injury. Yeah. But they knew something was wrong with him. So, um, and that Trey Sermon, then the guy you're bringing in to solve everything, is also coming off an injury. Yeah. You know, and it's just it doesn't mean that they can't play, but it's just hard to assume. And your top three guys are all dealing with that. I don't think they'll go three for three in getting all three of those guys back like perfectly healthy by the start of the year, by the middle of the year, whatever. I don't I don't know that all three of Crowley, Teague, and Sermon will be at or close to their peak when it matters in twenty twenty. I just think that's hard to to plan on. But they don't have to go three for three. You know, what can they go one for three or two for three and have enough there? But that really is hanging over everything. That's a good answer. And Nathan, what's your answer? That is is Trey Sermon explosive? Is there something in Trey Sermon that we haven't seen yet consistently? And that now that he's in this offense, with this offensive line, with this quarterback, with this coaching, that there's something that, that they can bring out of him that he hasn't shown consistently which and and health is the first half of that if he can stay healthy for a full season do we see this Trey Sermon that other people have you know you see it on film and there's other people out there who are testifying to how good this guy might be but can he really do it and sustain it for a season yeah I just I am I am prepared to just be wrong on Trey Sermon and uh, I don't want to be stubborn about it and I was telling the texters the other day that I, I was going through Trey Sermon film like a second time and I'm, I'm sitting here watching Oklahoma, Kansas and I'm watching, you know, trying to go through not just highlight clips, but like full games of stuff. And I still wonder, and a guy, I think his name's Jim Nagy, who's one of the main scouts for the senior bowl said something about Trey Sermon the other day about when I just watched Trey Sermon film and look at this guy. I still look and I see, and, and again, you'll go through PFF and he has like, he has good numbers about creating missed tackles. He has good elusiveness numbers when you break it down. I still see uh, a talented guy who seems like he runs pretty upright. He seems like a guy who takes advantage when he has a big hole and can, he can get up to speed. It seems like he makes Big 12 linebackers miss in space once he gets rolling. But I don't, I don't know about him when it comes to like tough big 10 yards and when there's not a gigantic hole. Now we're talking about this offensive line. It might be nothing but a season of gigantic holes. So maybe it won't matter. I just thought JK Dobbins was really good. Even if there wasn't a huge thing there, I rewatched the JK Dobbins touchdown run against Clemson and they just, the, the, the line shoved everybody to the right. He hit the cutback lane to the left, right behind Thayer Munford hits another cut ties up the safety and is gone. And I, there's a just, it wasn't a huge hole. It was a cutback lane that was there for the taking, but JK Dobbins also took it immediately. And people talk about like Trey Sermon's patience. And I, I can read, and like Le'Veon Bell was a guy who like sort of ran like that and sort of waited behind his line for the thing to open up. So I don't know. You can read it as patience or sometimes I wonder, it's like, okay, but like when a hole, when a little hole is there, is he going to hit it and go? Is he going to hit it and go? And I just am held up a little bit by if this guy was this great, why isn't he still at Oklahoma? Yeah. And he had multiple injuries and they weren't using him. You can go back and read the Oklahoma stories from last year. The reporters are asking, why isn't Trey Sermon getting the ball? 
He didn't get the ball hardly at all for like the three games before he got injured. It's sort of like, what's up? A lot of that was Jalen Hurts was running the ball, and that was what they were doing offensively, and they just weren't giving the ball to the running backs all that much. But even when they did, it wasn't like they were feeding only him. There's just enough. Like the film, if you only watch the film, I guess I get it, right? But I also watch, it seems like a lot of it, sometimes it's late in games. So I don't know if is he going to hold up against a Big Ten defense in the first and second quarter. Seems like he wears guys down late in games. He When he gets in the open field, whether it's on a screen or with a gigantic hold, then he's okay. But tough Big Ten yards over a 12-game season. And if he got those, why why did he ever leave and why didn't they use him more? I can't get that out of my head. And also, he's been hurt. So are you sure you're getting the peak of that guy that you see on film? So that's my question. It's my biggest question of the season is how good is he going to be? How wrong am I going to be? And how much does he slash the run game actually matter to the success of this team? But I'm just, I'm just so curious and I'm ready to be wrong. It's not like a pride thing. It's just like, it's, I just have watched enough of it that that's still where I am. And I said to the textures, I'm trying to be open-minded, but I haven't like flipped my opinion. I get it. I get the people who like him but there's still just something holding me back. So that question is no, going to be there for me all year. I agree with that. And the, it's mo- especially the health part because this all looks good, but if the, those best days are maybe behind him because he's never fully healthy, then what we're seeing on film is just at this point us looking in the past. All right, crazy prediction out of all of that. Whether you want to make it about Justin Fields, whether you want to make it about C.J. Stroud, or Trey Sermon, or Master Teague, or if you want to unsmush and do two here, Stephen, crazy prediction time, or thought. Um, I don't want to go with a award or statistic, but I think my crazy prediction is that we see the return of the the red zone and the third and one zone read, where, but we see it where Ryan Day tells Justin Fields, where last year it was more, if you're in doubt, give it to J.K. This year it's, if you're in doubt, keep the ball and go get the yards yourself. I like it. Get crazy, Nathan. Who? Um, I, I I've struggled how to exactly say this. I, I'm I'm I just don't know if if Trey Sermon doesn't get through a season healthy. What does that mean for this backfield? I think we're gonna maybe see a, a scenario where you have like three different guys who all run for 600 yards. Yeah. No, I, I and we talked about that I think on the Trey Sermon podcast. Like, and there there have been times in Ohio State history where that's kind of how it went. I think it's very possible that that like if you, if you said like nobody, no Ohio State's leading rusher has fewer than 600 yards or something mm-hmm. like that, but that there's like four guys between like 400 and 600. I'm not trying to put word in your words in your mouth, but no, like that's, something that's in that range. Yeah, I, I think that's quite possible. Um, I'm going to go down that road, but I'll put a little bit of a finer point on it. This, my crazy prediction is that Justin Fields leads Ohio State in rushing yards. Uh, last year, J.K. Dobbins had 2,003. Master Teague had 789. Justin Fields had 484. I think we could see Justin Fields creep up to something like seven or 800, depending. And then I think the running backs could shake out, as Nathan's saying, which leads to, you know, Justin Fields barely being Ohio State's leading rusher in 2020, which actually is kind of a nice little, nice little stat that I think enhances his Heisman candidacy. Actually. I almost think like the lack of a stud running back, almost like if, if it winds up that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are both awesome, 
and that eight, uh, Travis Etienne is also really awesome as Clemson's running back and Ohio State's running backs are solid, but they don't have an All-American. And then you look at the stats and it's like, man, Justin Fields is carrying this offense. I think it might be a, like a tiebreaker if they both have great years. So, so I think it, um, just because you said that, are we, is this a year where like Jalen Hurts last year, 3,800 passing yards and 1,200 rushing yards? I mean, is that what you're thinking could be the case? I don't here? think it gets to a thousand because I think okay. Lincoln Riley had no compunction about leaning on Jalen Hurts, run, 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 run. Yeah. And I, I am sure that Ryan Day is not going to do that. But so not 1,200. I don't the think idea go from, of okay. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think as much as they, not as much as they leaned on Hurts, but more than they leaned on Justin last year. So like somewhere in between, right? That. That if yeah. Justin was 484 last year and Hertz was 1200, well, what's in between that? Like 850 or something? Yeah. Like I think, I think that's where it could land, and I think that's what it could feel like in the game, where it's like he doesn't run, he doesn't run, he doesn't run. We need him. There he goes. He doesn't run. Oh look, there he dropped back. He saw an opening. There he goes. Okay, it's in the red zone. It's a tight game. Here he goes. That he almost never runs just for fun, but he he runs a lot when it's money time. I think that could be what Justin Fields rushing looks like in 2020. That makes sense. Guy we want to see. Who do we want to see? Of all these guys, we got we got some interesting running backs, but who's the guy you're really curious about? Nathan, we'll start with you. I'm going to see Marcus Crowley just because there seems to be real belief that there's something there with him that he could have maybe even been, if, if he were healthy right now, um, if he had finished last season healthy, how would we be talking about Marcus Crowley right now in, in relation to how many touches he could get in this running back room right now? A lot of those, at least to start the year, are just seeded to, to Trey Sermon. Um, but I want to see if he can, how he bounces back off of that injury. And by the end of the season, is he doing something that really makes a difference for this offense? I, I want to see Master Teague. I've won. I want to see, was the injury as serious as, you know, maybe some thought it was when it first happened? And if, it, if that answer is no, last year, a lot of his stats came against second units or against tired first strings. And so the part of that allowed him to be an all Big Ten running back. I want to see if he is a starter in the game. I want to see what he looks like at the beginning of the game when he's fresh, but also a defensive line is fresh. So there's just a, such a great list, right? I mean, there's so many interesting guys. It's like, okay, we all – Justin Fields is Justin Fields, and then, like, everybody else is on the table for this. So I'm going to say Jack Miller. And the reason I'm saying Jack Miller and not C.J. Stroud is because C.J. Stroud has been coming on. And C.J. Stroud, at the end of last year, his last year in high school, was showing everybody, holy moly, he caught Ryan Day's attention. He caught, you know, the attention of the whole country to wind up as the third-rated quarterback in his recruiting class. And Jack Miller was a guy who peaked earlier because of injuries. And he got, he got hurt. And he got forgotten and he fell down the rankings. And so here we are. And we're all super curious about this quarterback battle. But as we've said all along, it feels like more people are leaning C.J. Stroud because we haven't seen as much from Jack Miller lately. And I'm very curious to see if Jack Miller is right there. Is this going to be a 50-50 battle to be the backup in 2020 and to be the, the leader going into 21 before Kyle McCord shows up? So it's not that I don't want to see C.J. Stroud, but I'm going to just sort of assume that C.J. Stroud's got something. But we all – is it is it actually that C.J. Stroud's ahead of Jack Miller legitimately? 
Or is it like, oh, wow, that's right. Don't sleep on Jack Miller. Look at that throw he made against Rutgers in the fourth quarter. If you thought that, you know, this guy was going to get passed up and was third in the pecking order in the 21 battle behind Stroud and McCord, think again, this is the Jack Miller that Ryan Day went out and recruited early in Arizona and got and don't sleep on him. Or is it like, oh, you know what? It just feels like one of those guys that maybe the injuries affected him. Maybe there's a little rust. Maybe just like CJ came on and like, wow, it does feel like Jack's behind. I think that's about Miller because I think Stroud is going to be good and competitive. I think McCord is going to be good and competitive. But eventually in 21, is it really going to be more of a two-man race or more of a three-man race? So I want to see Jack Miller. Confidence level, you may smush or unsmush. I will lead the smushing to your discretion. Steven, we'll start with you. How do you want to rate these groups? I have to unsmush because I can't allow my non-confidence in the running back room to devalue the fact that I want to give the quarterback room a 10. You know, they've got the number, the the scholarship numbers back to where they need to be, but also Justin Fields is Justin Fields. So I'm going to go 10 running backs. I'm sorry, 10 quarterbacks. Wow. And I'm going to say five running backs. So before, Nathan, we give your answer, I want to ask this specifically because it was such an issue last year and it never turned out to be a problem, but it was something that lingered over the whole season. What's your level of confidence in the backup quarterback situation? in 2020 compared to 2019. 2019, it was Chris Chuganoff and Gunnar Hoke as veteran transfers. Now it's Hoke is still here, but you have these two highly rated guys, but they're true freshmen. How would you describe your your confidence in just the backup QBs behind Justin Fields? Just quick on this, Steven first. Right now, it's maybe a four just because the two new guys have not taken a single snap, but by the end of the season, I think I'll be on about an eight. But would you be... Uh, did you, would you, is this better than last year because it's, there's the talent or was last year somehow better because Chugs was at least a veteran who you could, who knew how to run the offense? Uh, I think this year's better because of the talent. Okay. Nathan, is there any doubt that this year backup quarterback situation is better because of the talent or is there something for being a veteran? You know, to me, it might be close to a wash. Maybe I lean a little bit on just taking the talent, but I, 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 I pull back on that a little bit because those guys didn't get the spring they were supposed to get. And we don't know yet what kind of preseason they're going to get for sure, um, since we don't know exactly what kind of season there's going to be. So I don't know. I think I might lean on having a veteran guy who isn't as dynamic. But and the, other, the other thing that makes it hard to, is last year they also could rely on J.K. Dobbins in a way they might not be able to rely on another running back. So um, I, I would still probably – oh, boy, it's so tough. I guess to me, it's more of a wash. If if Steven can say the same on the other question, I'm going to say kind of the same here. It's better in one way, worse in another. Yeah. I think I'd take the freshman. We talked about it so much last year. What would they do? What would they do? We've seen true freshmen come in and do it. We're talking about Kyle McCord in 21 as a true freshman wants to come in and compete. Um, CJ Stroud was a third rated quarterback in his class. And I feel like if push came to shove and you needed to start CJ Stroud for a month or, Needed to have Stroud and Miller try to do it together for a month for some reason because Justin Fields, you know, had a positive coronavirus test and was self-quarantining for 14 days and missed two or three games. Um, I think they'd find a way, and I think they'd flash enough, um, a flash enough upside here and there that they could make some plays and they'd make some mistakes, but I think I'd still take it over the uh, veterans from last year. All right, Nathan. 
You going to unsmush your confidence rating? Yeah, unsmushing, I'm going to go nine and a half on the quarterbacks just because, again, I think with true, two true freshmen, if you're taking the whole room into account, there is enough uncertainty there. Even if you've got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, I'm going to grade the whole room and just take off the slightest bit. Um, but every, in every other way, I mean, you couldn't ask for having more than Justin Fields there. Um, for the running backs, I'm going to – today, I'm going to say six – just because I think that they'll be able to operate and have a productive season behind this offensive line regardless. Um, the, the injuries do give me pause, though. Um, if those guys, if both of those guys, Keegan Crowley, just never get it together for 2020 because of injury, which wouldn't necessarily be the, their fault, then that potentially becomes a problem if Sermon also can't stay healthy, which he has had trouble doing the last couple of years. Then you start talking about a really, really thin situation, and you start wondering if that's something that defenses can exploit when they play Ohio State. So let me – you're, you're higher on the running backs than you are the secondary. I think that the running backs are not a position that can be exposed the same okay. way the secondary can be exposed. Okay. Yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion because it's like, you know, what you're pretty firmly on the idea of if the secondary has any issues, it might hold Ohio State back from winning a national title. And then we've sort of been talking about the idea of, well, what if the running backs aren't great? Does it can but, they still win at all if, if yeah. the running backs are just OK? I think it's an the interesting way to analyze it. it. Yeah, right. I, right. I can, I can get behind that. So I'll say four on the running backs just because I'm so uncertain. And I feel like, again, depending if there's another injury, like you start playing and all of a sudden in the first game or two, one of those guys gets hurt. I feel like you'd be heading back towards like, holy moly, what are they going to do? Kind of quickly. Um, Especially if it, I mean, if, if Teague or Sermon somehow got hurt right away and then it was like, well, now we really get a, got to lean on one of these guys. Uh, you know, I think the, the best case scenario is, as we sort of talked about before, is some kind of mix of Sermon and Teague with Crowley there, you know, ready whenever needed. And that'll probably be able to get you through. But like, I said, just even though adding Sermon was a big deal, you pull one guy out of there and I feel like it gets wobbly pretty quick. Uh, and again, all three of them have dealt with injury issues. So I'm going to say a four, which is pretty low, but like, I think they can win the national title with a four is the other part of it. If the right. offensive line's a 10 and the quarterbacks are 10 and I'll say 10 for the quarterbacks and you know, the receivers are really high, whatever we gave them and the slot yeah. receivers are really high and the defensive line and the, the secondary come close to maxing out their young ability and all that stuff. Then I think you can win the national title with the running backs being a four. All right. Position groups. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Try the text at 614-350-3315. You know what we think about Justin Fields and the quarterbacks and Trey Sermon and the running backs by now. You have a good idea on that. And we hope you have a good idea about this Ohio State football team. Uh, we so much appreciate you guys making Buckeye Talk part of your day, five days a week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 45 minutes to an hour. The big Wednesday pod. Uh, Cleveland.com slash OSU for reading. If you like doing that, reading, listening for your eyes, try that. Drop the Apple podcast reviews and uh, keep being part of the Buckeye Talk family. We love you. For Nathan and Steven, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.